Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Welcome to episode 199 of Martha Runs the World. This week I'm talking to two guests. Yes, this is a first. I have never before had two guests on the show at the same time. You would think I would have by this point, but no, I I haven't. And so this will be a first, as I said. Lewis Hayden and Mitch Brower are hosts of the I Don't Know Running podcast. It's a great podcast. It really is. They are established and very experienced runners, and yes, they do know running, in spite of the show name. So they'll tell us all about that in just a minute. It was really fun to talk to them. They are just really cool guys. I also have a little bit to update you about my running situation and that afterwards, so stay tuned for that. Don't go anywhere. And here is... Lewis Hayden and Mitch Brower of I Don't Know Running Podcast. Will you welcome to the show? This is a first. I have two guests, Lewis Hayden and Mitch Brower. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi there. Hi. Thanks for having us. Excellent. Excellent. And they are the host. I should have said this, and I'm sorry. It is still a little early. They are the host of the I Don't Know Running Podcast, which is excellent. You all must listen to it because it's one of my favorites. It's really, really good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to start off with a really, really tough question. Oh. You both live in Michigan, right? Yeah, we do. And yeah. you don't, and you don't like winter. No. How, do, how does that work? I, I probably hate it less or more than he does these days. Right now. <laughs> yeah, Mitch has a problem staying up. He's a lot taller, so when he falls, it hurts more. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a tree falling. Oh, and and oh. ice is really difficult to run on. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well, don't you guys wear like? Isn't are there spikes or something you can wear for ice? There, there is, but typically the road is good. And and they can be a little cumbersome to run on. So the road will be good and there'll be one spot. And that's the spot that I run on and fall. Yeah. In Michigan, you know, where, where we're at, it's not like it's bad enough to where like you've got to wear yak tracks or something like that all the time. So we find that we're in this in between where we're like, well, 50% or more is clean and, and good. So you don't want to wear spikes or, you know, screws in your shoes all the time. So we're kind of in this in between where we always kind of have to pick and choose our battles. So sometimes you wear them, sometimes you don't. And you sometimes ever, mm-hmm. if the snow is deeper, then you don't need anything at all. Like it, unless it's, and then if it's that deep, then it's just ridiculous at that point. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Well, then you can try snowshoes or take up cross country skiing. Right. We have, I've, I've snowshoe ran before it. It is fun, but it is a huge workout. Yeah. It's a lot hard. different. Yeah, well, there you lot. go. Well, there you go. It's a good workout then. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm a Californian, so I, I, me, to us, it's like you know, 45 degrees is freezing to us. So I know you're laughing. It's like oh. my friend that my friend Tony that lives there. He he sends me pictures like of stuff like if it's 45 degrees and then he's wearing a parka. I'm like, well, you know, well, get we'll, out of here. We'll talk about Tony later on. <laughs> we we we, we kind of laugh at him too. So we'll we will talk about that. <laughs> no, I I don't mind. I I. I used to ski a lot when I was 
uh, younger and okay. uh, now it's just too expensive. So we would always go up to the snow and, and we would drive up to the snow. Of course we could drive out of the snow and, and back home. Yeah. Um, the, the, the beauty of living here in San Francisco is that you can what you can snow, you can ski and surf on the same day. Right. Yeah. Would you go to Olympic Valley? Is that where you'd go? Uh, you no, know, but that's the area that I go to. There, there's like okay. a whole lot of resorts all around Lake Tahoe. You can have your pick of one, oh, gotcha, ten, okay. ten different ski resorts. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I was just, I just stayed in Mammoth Lakes, and that's okay. the place that. So yeah, I, I stayed there getting ready to hike. And yeah, they would tell me how much snow they get, and I'm like, that's way more than we get. <laughs> oh yeah, well that that's Mammoth is where all the L.A. people go to, so. We okay. Gotcha. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast worth of of uh, conversation. Yeah, <laughs> Northern California versus Southern California. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what makes Michigan a great place to run? Oh man, I mean, we were, we were actually talking about this on the on the run this morning uh, with when Tammy was with us. Mm-hmm. Still, that you know. Michigan is really fortunate in the sense of we don't, we don't have to, we were talking about like the hurricanes down in Florida. We were talking about the tornadoes uh, through tornado alley and like the fires out West and man, Michigan, we're at least fortunate. Yeah, we do have the winter, but like I said, we're, we're not far enough North. Well, at least where we're at in the Grand Rapids area to where we really have to deal with a lot of inclement weather uh, and, and we do have a lot of really beautiful areas to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of, like the today's run, we're running through, uh, what, what is close to my house is upper Mac trails. It, it's just really, really gorgeous. A lot of big trees. Uh, so this time of year, they're starting to turn and the fall colors are starting to hit and it's just gorgeous. And I guess the other piece, like I don't run on the road necessarily, but the reason I don't is because we've been given miles and miles and miles of bike path that, that we're able to get off the road, be safe and run. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what I, and, and we really do. We are blessed with weather other than a little bit of humidity in the summer. And, and it is way different. Like you talk about single track running our trails, like we've, we've had the opportunity to travel a lot. Other areas have a lot more trail systems than we do. Like we, if we do trails, we have to usually drive to, to, to um, run trails, but they are beautiful. Yeah. Like we do have the North country trail system that goes all the way through the state. I mean, it's, it's actually, I think it's the longest trail system. At least in the U S or in the U S Northern America, yeah. but it's like 4,000 miles or something like that. So it is really, it's really long. It goes through multiple States. You just don't realize how long it is. Continental divide would be the only one. I think that is longer mm. in the Northern. Yeah. I'm, I'm not North America, but I'm not yeah. certain. So we do have a lot of trails to to jump onto. That's amazing. You, there's so much open country. Well, or tree, well, forested country. I should say it's not really open, but there's so much forest in Michigan. You don't think about that because mm-hmm. you you look at the top part and it's it's all lakes and forests and and it's it's pretty incredible how much space you have there. It really is. If you look at our lakes, like that's, that's, that's the big thing for Michigan is mm-hmm. like, we have all the great lakes and mm-hmm. you get north of Cadillac, you know, about two hours north and, and the water gets so much more blue. 
It almost looks like the Caribbean when you look at some of, even some of the inland lakes and stuff. Yeah. And when we, when we talk about trail systems, if you, matter of fact, uh, was the last week's episode, the episode before we talked with, uh, uh, Matt and, uh, Lene, they went up to Marquette, Michigan. It's, it's in the UP, uh, the upper peninsula and talk about gorgeous trail systems. Uh, up there, it is, uh, it's true wilderness up there. Like there is, it's very untouched. A lot of that area is so. Uh, when you when you talk about a trail system, now granted, it's not the trail systems about west where you have, I mean, miles and miles and miles, right? Like the PCT and things like that that connect to it. But as far as gorgeous wilderness running, man, when you get in the UP uh, around the like the Marquette area, which is again North Country Trail runs through that, it's gorgeous. It's just beautiful and it's untouched. It's pristine. It's it's really pristine area. That sounds like fun. It sounds like an incredible place to visit. You both say you're self-professed lazy runners. What <laughs> what makes you that? Well, I say I am a self-professed lazy runner, <laughs> uh, lazy ultra runner, and and really it just comes down to I I I love the sport, I love ultra running, but I sometimes have a hard time getting my training in. So this is what I did today: is I made him run 16 miles after he didn't run. For two weeks, and he, and <laughs> two he weeks, and probably four runs in the last four weeks. Five yeah, weeks. <laughs> so I run almost every day. You know, where I'm lazy is even if I'm injured, I get out there, and I, I think there's laziness in that. Like I, I don't, I don't do enough specific workouts. Like I have friends yeah. that will go and they'll get on training plans, and they give me a hard time about that. It's like, well, I just like to run. Like I don't like to worry about all that stuff. So. To me, running social, like I get together with friends mm-hmm. and just, just to run and talk. Like I'm not, not like I don't like to go to a bar, but I don't have time for that all the time. I, I like, like my social activity is getting together with friends and meet up and run. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that. It's, it's hard. Sometimes we get busy to fit in the long, well, the long runs and, and just to run all the time and keep up our, our workouts and stuff, especially when, when it's cold out or when it's really hot out or humid out, you guys, your summers must be awfully humid there. They are. And the thing of it is we, uh, it's not even necessarily very easy to plan for. Like if you lived in Georgia, you know, you know, it's going to be 100% humidity for two, three months out of the summer. Right. But for us, we might have, we might have a beautiful morning where you're like, wow, humidity was like 50% and it was like 60 so degrees <laughs> and it's, well, that's nothing. <laughs> oh God. See, that's that, nothing. That's that humidity I can't take. Oh my God. Oh, it's like goodness. swimming. Well, you might have the next day and it might be 80, 90% oh, humidity dying. and and it might be 80 degrees. We, we were both training for an ultra one time and we decided we're going to run a marathon distance at Upper Mac and we we're trying to stay in the trails. I just remember at one point and that to me, that trail system, there's no rhythm to it for me. So it's just this, you got these, these, these whoops and there, there's, he's like a gazelle through there. Like he goes running through there and I'm trying to keep up. And after a while, it's like, all right, I got to get off this trail system. And we're going to try to, <laughs> but I, maybe we were trying to get 30 in and we end I up. I think at we were 26. trying to get 30 and we ended up at 26, but oh I was goodness. like, but it was so humid that day. I was, yeah. I think we were both walking at the end. 
Well, I mm. think we we were we were running out of water. We had we had decided to get out on the paved trail, which again, then you're just on black pavement and, and it was full even sun. hotter, full sun. And we got to one point and I think we'd ran out. We were like, we need to fill up here. We need to fill up. And where we filled up, it's like three quarters from my three quarters of a mile from my house. So we're like, let's go. We need we need to fill up in order to go that three quarters of a mile. <laughs> it was it was a rough day. Oh, those are hard. Those are hard. Well, see, I have relatives. I'm from here, but I have relatives in Florida. And every time I go there, it's just like, oh, that air, that air hits me. I can take heat. I can take, I just did. I love timed races. I I, I mm. love doing timed races around a loop. I just, those are my favorite type of race. I have and not done one, but I would it's like. It's so fun. It's a big party. It's a big party. Have you it's, done one? I've done a few. Okay. They're so fun. They're really fun. And I did one at a horse ranch outside of S- Sacramento and it was around a hundred degrees. And I can take that because oh. it's dry heat. So I love the, I, I don't mind dry heat because you See, can sweat. I find, but, but I find dry heat dangerous because you don't know, you, you don't sense your sweat. Well, you, well, you do because you're sweating all day. You can see in humidity, you can't sweat. So it's, it's, it's dangerous, it, but, uh, it, but, in, but in dry heat, you can, you drink water and you can feel it coming out of you. I mean, you, you can sweat. It's, but, but when I was in Florida, I was training, I was going to see my dad who at that time was alive and was living in Florida. I was training for the, uh, what was I training for? The San Francisco marathon. And it was like, it was, it, he lived in Jacksonville and it was like, you know, 80, 80 degrees, but 90% humidity. And it's, it's like, it's like you're swimming. I swear to God, it was just oh, like, yeah. you can't even know what it's like. It's like, you're going like this through the, through the air. <laughs> yeah. We were in Florida for a vacation in April and we were going out for runs and my gosh, after being in Michigan cold and then going to Florida, I, I think, I think <sighs> we melted. Yeah. We've made comments about when we've been back from, I don't remember where it was, but we, we made comments of, boy, that was a nice swim. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, it that's didn't the, feel like a run. <laughs> I guess you, yeah, you do get used to it. Yes. And you can get used to anything, you know, almost, yeah. but that was really hard. That heat was tough. Um, I thought I was, and yeah, it was hard, especially in the day when it got towards a hundred degrees, the, the time race that I did. And my friend who, uh, who was on my show and I had met him in person, I finally did during the race, uh, the, the great Ray Sanchez, if you know who he is, he's, he's one of the, the top racers in ultra running. He's, he does bad water every year. He runs Rio de Lago, which he wins. He, I was just going to say, yeah, I think cool I read, moon, cool moon hundred, yeah. which he wins. He, he yeah. I mean, he re- runs these hundred milers and he wins them and he's a, just a really, really nice guy. And. Um, if, if you want to ever have him on a show, he, he's just amazing, but, um, he, yeah, he, he, what he won the hundred on this one, but he, but, uh, he was taking a walking break because it was so hot and I just walked with him for a while and, um, he helped me out because the last few races that have been hot, I, I've never experienced this before, but I started getting ankle cramps. Have you got a cramp in your ankle? I've never had that before. No. Never. I know. It's it's <laughs> it's the most painful thing you could imagine. It's as painful as you would think. And I've never had that before. I've had quad cramps. I've you know, I've so, but I've yes. I, I was gonna say, was that the 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 horse ranch? Was that is that nanny goat then that you did? No, it, it's called Ride to Walk. Okay. And it's um it's it's done by Thunder Ultras, 
And it's in a little town called Penryn, which is uh, basically horse and cattle ranches. Uh, right east of Sacramento, it's beautiful. It's just this gorgeous area. It's down this tree-lined country road. And you see these horse ranches and cattle ranches, and then you come to this one goal, this one green field, and there's a bunch of tents in it, and you know you're at the right place. But hmm. you seeing that running with that guy that's winning, well, he made took, me think. Uh huh. Made me think that we have you have done. We did uh, circular logic was time. Yeah. Oh, that's that. right. So I remember forgot. that because that's a, it's a one mile loop. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was an eight I hour forgot. race, and that's yeah. when we like for Lewis is way faster than I am, but we did. So we did a lot of loops together. So I actually won that. <laughs> did you really? Good for yeah. you. You are speedy yeah. then. You're speedy. Brian, Brian and I, Brian and I, a uh, buddy of ours, um, we we uh, we run relatively the same mm-hmm. depending on our training and all that. And so we actually, I don't know, we had like 10 laps left and we had decided we're just going to stick together. Mm-hmm. And we knew we were, we knew we were together. We knew we were actually on the same lap too. And so we just said, well, we'll just cross together. And let the chips fall, and and I think the 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 difference was like point one two five of a second that I was ahead, and so I ended up getting the win. But anyway, awesome. uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's no, awesome. I, I, when you talked about that, though, that for me, like those those are a blast. Those are so how fun. Big a, how big of a loop was the one that you did? It, this was the smallest one I've ever done. It was point six one, oh, but it geez, but it didn't feel smaller. like it. But it didn't feel like it because it encircled this horse ranch and. It's it's a really cool organization. Be- before I forget, and my mind forgets. Um, well, I was walking with Ray, and and he told me. Oh yeah. And I never thought thought about this. Uh, I thought I was getting enough salt because I was getting because I, I was I was taking in hammer heat and and nut and noon, but he said he said just get grab a banana and just di- just run it all over in salt and take that and you should be good, and that works. Banana and salt. Dip banana in salt. Wow, I never I thought about thought that. that. I thought potatoes and everything, but banana. Yeah, I took the banana. How did that? How did that taste? Banana e and salty, <laughs> but it was good. He said, <laughs> as he you said, would expect. <laughs> he said, if if you taste the salt, it's good. And and I didn't have it went away. That is but, interesting. But the the course was really cool because because what this organization does is that they take rescue horses and they use it as. And they have disabled kids that come there and disabled young adults. And they teach them to communicate and to walk and to get better through horses. It's really neat because they rescue these horses and then they help the horses and they help the kids. It's a really cool organization. Yeah, it's really really neat. And I've heard that done before for for disabled veterans and for all this stuff so yeah. it's a really good it's a really neat organization the people who run it are really really cool and we we could run around the horses we could look at them we couldn't get near them of course um but i i swear the horses were watching us and silently judging us they were very judgy <laughs> <laughs> but bet, it was it was a pretty place though i mean it was just really that part of it at the back of the of the uh ranch there was a little bit of a hill i mean it doesn't seem like much the first you know 10 times but you know after 20 times yep. oh my god this hill is giant why do we have to go up this hill oh my god <laughs> you know? we had uh on the circular logic one that we did there was one one like, turn. quick little turn and it was literally around a cone 
Yeah, the same thing. First 10 times, whatever. But man, after that, it's like, man, are you serious? Why couldn't we extend this a little bit and make a bigger turn? It became so annoying. I know. Because you hurt. You hurt stuff. It does hurt. It does hurt. Yeah. Like your hips, your hip starts to hurt on that side. Yeah. But it was really cool to do that. I, I, I do remember that now. And it was really neat to see, like, it didn't matter your pace. You could run with anybody and everybody at mm-hmm. some point throughout the race exactly and we had our own aid station we set up a table by our vehicle basically and then i just remember walking with lewis it was getting hot and i had a cooler and i you know i said i forgot i brought coke and we're both like so excited about that about having a like oh mm-hmm. so we walked like a, a lap whole, we walked a lap <laughs> with, with, a a coke, with a bottle of coke <laughs> oh yeah drinking that mm-hmm. it was just delicious yeah yeah if they got that at a station coke is great put that the in your best. bottle you know that's perfect pickles are really good at those kind of things pickles are excellent uh anything salty really especially if it's in the summertime is when you need that stuff i've survived on coke many times late in a hundred mile the like case it, of- it's just yeah. works. Yeah, it does. It does. The quesadillas were really good too at the aid station. I like those. Those were delicious. Yeah, the Coke. I've had a Coke at the end of a it was a 60K. Mm. And I was already at 60K and I still had two miles to go. And I remember coming to that aid station. It, it was a long, <laughs> like it was way long. And I remember coming up to the aid station, like, do you have Coke? <laughs> and I'm a full <laughs> can of Coke. Exactly. It's the only time the I best. ever drink it. I never, I never drink. Same Coke or sodas, yeah. except at a, a race or after a race. That's like my first thing that I'll get after so, after a race. So here's the question: Do you like mm-hmm. it still bubbly, or do you like it flat? And during a race, I like it flat. After a race, I want it cold and bubbly. See, I don't I like got, it flat at all. I don't either. I like oh, I the lo- carbonation. Mm-hmm. You're I like it, it up really. I say I like it during the race. I like it kind of warm and flat. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so you're the one. <laughs> you're the one they do it for. <laughs> I know probably <laughs> or Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew is really good too. If I need the, if I need the extra caffeine, Mountain Dew is really, really good too. Yep. That for sure. That's the only time I'd ever drink Mountain Dew. Otherwise exactly. it's too sweet to me. But oh, that yeah. point, is, there's times where that is just addicting. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I can see why people just have to have it. It's, yeah. 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 It's a, and, and I, and the, I mean, the, the only thing I, I drink that's close to that is, is LaCroix La or LaCroix. You know, this, that's, yeah. I have that at work. Carbonated we, water is about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's delicious. But, but that's the only thing that I have near that outside of a race. So isn't it yeah. funny how we, we eat so healthy? I mean, I eat healthy. I've lost a bunch of weight in the last few months and I eat really healthy except at races During or a race mm-hmm. or after long runs. <laughs> yeah, true. I had a, I don't know what I had this morning, but it was some chocolatey thing with chocolate on yeah. top of it. <laughs> yeah. <I> know. <laughs> you don't eat. Yeah. I don't, I'm not one of the ones that eats the best. I do nothing. Nobody should ever follow my training regimen. No. <laughs> you eat horrible. Well, I don't you, eat well, I don't run right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I just had, I'm, I just interviewed a guest who's going to be on my show later. Who's, uh, a basic, basically an, an eating, um, expert. She's a therapist and stuff like that. And she says that don't worry about emotional eating, that all eating is emotional real. And she's right. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. said that don't worry about it, that, uh, it is, you can recover and it's not really that big of a deal. So, okay. Interesting. All right. Well, I, I like that. Glad to hear that. Yeah, I, exactly. I 
I did have Mexican food for my pre-run long you did, run last, last night. night. Yeah, and I paid for it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, see, I can't do the cheese. I can't do a cheese pre-run. The night before, I can't do it. I've done that and and then spent, uh, did that before the night, and I know this is TMI, but did that the <laughs> night before a, a marathon and then went from <laughs> from from porta potty to porta potty all the whole way because oh, I can't do the cheese. Before. That's not TMI on a running podcast. Yeah, I know. That's, that's true. like normal. <laughs> that's true. Podcast. That's true. <laughs> One of the you segments know. we're working on is a, is a tell us your poop story <laughs> yeah. uh, segment because everybody in running, mm-hmm. almost everybody in running has some kind of a poop story. Yeah, I did. I did it. I did an episode called stuff we don't talk about. And that was part of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was included in there. There was all, all kinds of other stuff, you but know, I warned. Was it? No, go ahead. But I warned people ahead of time. I said, if they, if these things are going to gross you out, maybe this isn't the episode for you. So you can go on and listen to the next yes. week. <laughs> yes. It's, it's funny. Like there's a group that I run with on Sundays a lot of times. And um, that's, that's just it. It's, it's well known. There's no subject that's taboo. Oh yeah. Like it, you, you, mm-hmm. you know, and that, it, I find that with running anyway, when you're oh, running, yeah. it's like you talk about everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. My friend and I who run together sometimes, I, I usually run alone and I like running by myself. I just, I'm a lone runner, but I have a good friend who I run with a lot and we do races together. She's much faster than I am. So usually just meet at the end, but uh, we run together and um, we talk about everything, everything. And it's fun. It does. It makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Lewis, you really impressed me because you ran Western States. I did, yeah, in wow. 17. Wow. It was a hot year with a lot of snow. Congratulations. Oh, and you were, oh, thank you. He was under 24, too. Wow. Yeah. So you got the gold yeah. buckle then. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Silver Amazing. Buckle. Silver, silver. That's it, silver. Yeah. I'm sorry. Silver. Amazing. I, I, I ran a couple miles of that trail with him. Does that count for anything? Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. Well, congratulations <laughs> to you, too, Mitch. Very good. So, So what race did you qualify for it? Oh, well, let's see. So I used, I'm trying to think of the year that I went. So 16. So, so in 16, I actually ran the Midwest Super Slam. So I did, uh, what was it? So it would have been Indiana Trail 100, Kettle Moraine 100, Burning River 100, missing one. What was the other one? Woodstock. Well, Woodstock. And then there's one more. Wow. Uh, Oh, Mohican, Mohican 100. Whoa. So I actually did five that summer. I could have used any of them, obviously. They were all qualifiers and uh, got in off. You had two but, tickets, right? Real, no, I had uh, I had four tickets because I had ran Woodstock. I, I had four or eight because I had ran Woodstock and then maybe Woodstock, Woodstock, and then the Slam or something. But anyway, yeah, I, I had qualified off from maybe Mohican. I don't know, but I don't know wow. which one I put in, but yeah. So you, 16. so you can change the name of the podcast to you do know running. <laughs> well, that's the whole premise behind. I don't know, because we constantly learn every single time we go out. Right. Yeah. And we're continuing to learn like Mitch and I have ran. I mean, I don't even know what, what, what marathon are you on or longer? Uh, 156. 156. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I've got 12 100s and I don't know, 60 ish or so marathon or longer. Mm-hmm. And we still go out and learn yeah. something new. So 
I, that that was when we started talking about it. We're like, you know, we we know a lot, but we still don't know even yeah. close to. Everything. I would never call myself an expert. Yeah, you know, like I, in I, uh, you know, we were talking about this today too. Is like I have a passion for um, helping people as far as I go, and it's not that I'm an expert, but it's it's. Like when I first started running, I was overweight and I was, you know, trying, I was trying to lose weight. And that's what really inspired me to start running. But I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know what equipment to buy. I just remember getting chafed so bad because I had a cotton shirt, you know, <laughs> trying to run. And it's like, I had no idea about moisture wicking anything. And then getting blisters on the back of my feet because I was wearing the wrong shoes. And I, I tried to coach people along like, Hey, you're going to have to spend money and you'll be happy spending the money. It, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It does. And, and the same thing in training, you know, like it's like there's things that you can do to not hurt yourself. And I hurt myself, you know, starting out because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So, and, and we, we learn from that, but there's still, and I, I think that there's something about that too. As we get older, things change and it's not as easy. So we learn new things like <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, we're constantly learning. We are. That's yeah. just true. This is true. I mean, that that's that's the wonderful thing about our sport is that it doesn't stay the same. Everything, I mean, good or bad, it changes as we mature, shall we say. Yeah, everything changes. Um now now, Mitch, you also impressed me because you now you recently backpacked the John Muir Trail, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Congratulations to you. Yeah. That, that's yeah, amazing. Very... Yeah, it's a beautiful place. So was, was this something you wanted to do for a while? We'll be right back. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. You know, I'm trying to figure out how long I, I, I threw out the number, like maybe five years ago, I watched that a documentary on it, if it was that long ago, but I've been talking serious for the last two years, at least trying to put it together and buy equipment because I'm not a backpacker. I had nothing. So I spent a ton of money on equipment just to do this. I saw an article that somebody posted about the average, what it costs on average for to hike it. It was like, six or seven thousand dollars i it, it's probably not that far off by the time you get done buying equipment and um you know all your travel and all that all the arrangements it's it's expensive yeah. like it gets expensive quick the bright side if i want to do something else i have all this equipment to do it so yeah so over the course of time if you did the appellation if you went and did more of the pct mm-hmm. that would that would kind of bring that average down a little bit because right. then you could a lot you know like to go back to yosemite i don't feel like i i got enough time in yosemite and maybe take my wife back there but um sure we'll see you've got lots of lots of great uh trails and and things in in michigan too you don't have to go that far true true and i got friends that live in colorado and i I love i love colorado i love arizona and i'd like to get Mm -hmm. out there and do some backpacking yeah some more backpacking some stuff in tahoe too tahoe rim trail is nice yeah another one too that um 
my friend Laura pointed out too was um oh what's the name of it? The Wonderland Trail around Rainier. And that looks amazing. Oh, the Wonderland Trail. Yeah, that's beautiful. I that I'd like to do that. And I've heard it's impossible to get permits too, so it makes it mm. more intriguing. But it's I think it's ninety three miles or something like that. Yeah. So more like to go 16 days in a row in the wilderness and be away from work and friends and family yeah. is, is really hard. But I, if you could get it to seven to 10 days, it seems like it would be more manageable. All, all you have to do, quote unquote, is just get into fast packing. There you go. The more money. Hey. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I have that stuff too, because I did um, Rim to Rim to Rim last year. So okay. I have all the packs for that. So. Okay. Cool, right? Oh, you but, did rim to rim to rim. I didn't see. I didn't know about that. Very good. Yeah, That's we great. did that. It, it's almost. It's a year ago. Okay. Like yesterday, that we actually went across and back, and I attempted nice. it one time before and mm-hmm. just made it across. But very, very good. I love that the John Muir Trail is not your first foray into this kind of thing. So very good. Yeah, rim to rim to rim is way different because that you do that in a day, right. and you're running right. as much of it as you can. I mean, you're right. hiking, and I, I'm I'm trying to talk right. Lewis into doing that. And yeah, a year or two. Um, a friend of mine did that, which I I talked to him about on my on my podcast. He he actually filmed the whole thing as he did it. So that's a whole other step. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Rim to pretty, rim to rim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of oh, awesome. you do the whole thing. Hold holding your phone is 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 a whole another step i i I don't see how those guys do it if you ever watch any of west plates videos he he does his i I love those he does his his things while holding his his gopro or his camera and that's it's like he did he did bigfoot doing that which is like the toughest race he did cocodono with it yeah so bigfoot he just put out bigfoot yeah 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 so we have another friend our, our friend brian records a lot as he's running yeah he does stuff together too so. that's tough because you can't yeah, hold running you can't hold trekking poles or anything and some of those res- races you really need poles and and um you're holding your your camera you can't hold poles at the same time <laughs> it adds a lot and I, i'm always impressed because I, I just think man what what sacrifice these guys are doing to do this because yeah. we all want to see that we all want to check out like, hey, I'm thinking about doing Bigfoot or I'm thinking about doing Cocodona. Cocodona, I've mentioned this. I have zero interest in going over 100 miles. But as soon as I saw, might have been West Plate or it was probably his video mm-hmm. of uh, Cocodona 250. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, that that could be a that could be one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kevin Goldberg came out and I ran with him for a little bit at uh, Riley Trails. And he was saying he he loves that race and he said i don't know how this is possible it's easier somehow he the way he worded it was easier than doing 100 because the mindset or the or maybe the pace or something mm-hmm. or maybe it was like the 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 terrain and the all the geography you're going through or something but <clears throat> I actually thought, man, that might be kind of cool to do, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not sure that I really have a real interest in going over a hundred miles. You haven't really thought it through though either. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I haven't done, I've only done 50 K, so I haven't gone that far yet, but um, I, I will, once I get the surgery, I do want to do at least one, 100 and see how that goes. But oh, I, awesome. but I, 
but uh, yeah, but I'd love to do. I mean, when I saw Cocodona, Cocodona has such a generous cutoff. Um, yeah. And I talked to my friend, Brian. I interviewed him on the show, Brian Paisley, who's done all four of them. He's done oh. Tahoe. He's done Moab. He's done Cocodona the first year, the brutal year. And he's done Bigfoot. And he said Bigfoot was the hardest out of all of them because of the terrain and they're climbing yeah, over that. rocks. I mean, you're, you're not just running, you're climbing over these rocks and, and just the terrain is just brutal. Uh, yeah, so, Bigfoot, you go through a lot of, I don't want to say bushwhacking, but pretty dense bush mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. type like area yeah yeah, yeah. I, uh joe has run the triple crown and he attempted um cocodona the first year that first year was really harsh yeah he ended up having to drop he he got into an emergency situation there was mm-hmm. a section like 30 miles with no water and he was yeah. out of water and, that was the uh, first section the first section hurt a lot of people because you had to carry a certain amount of water and a lot of people only carried the minimum of what they needed. And, and Brian, uh, carried more than what he needed and he survived it. So he, he did it smart. Yeah. 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 It can be brutal. Yeah. It's, it's Arizona. It's a desert. <laughs> you know, you got to prepare right, yes. for that and yeah. you got to go slow. You got to go slower than you think you, you need to because yeah. the cutoff, you're going to be okay because the cutoff is really generous. You just can't go so fast in that beginning. You just, you have to give the desert the respect it deserves really. For sure. Yeah. And it is not, it's not a friendly place. Everything can kill you in the desert. (laughs) Well, he just did. That's true because you just did uh, Tavalina last year too. And we went out there and when I paced him, I did the the last, I did the last loop with you and it was all night. Yeah. And you just said, don't wander off the trail like you would at home. He's like, everything wants to hurt you. Yeah, like there's true. so many, like all the cactus and stuff, mm-hmm. but you warned me. It's like, you go, like, you can't just brush against stuff because it's going to, it's going to leave a mark. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's going to bite back. <laughs> yeah. I, I had Jack with me the loop before and we got to, uh, uh, what is he using? Jackass, I think it is. Is the halfway and we saw a girl or her pacer i don't remember which or both they had they tried to go around a truck that had been back down to to give some more aid supplies and they went off you know, off to the side and boom they each got one got a giant cactus stuck in their foot oh. on top of the shoe and the other oh. was in the leg and that's when I went and then Jack and I left and I got to you. I said, look, <laughs> do not step off the trail. And obviously I had seen it for the prior loops, but yeah, there it's close and it will bite you. It mm-hmm. doesn't, once they're in you, they're in you. Mm-hmm, that's true. Barb on the end even too. I don't think they come out. They don't easy. come out easy. Yeah. They don't just no. slide out. <laughs> oh, oh God. So scary. So well, whose idea was it to start the podcast? Well, I mean, I, I had I had had an interest in doing a podcast, and uh, I don't know. It was probably I don't even know how long it was ago that I had kind of brought it up to Mitch, and it just wasn't right timing. And then, then like I, probably a year and a half ago, I, I brought it up to Mitch again because the the reason is, is we meet on Fridays um, for dinner, and his, his family and mine and. We we inevitably talk about running, 
as just what we talk about. And so if you don't want to talk about running, don't meet us for Friday dinner. <laughs> That's what we're generally going to be talking about. We enjoy talking about it. And it, and it's our old West, West Michigan cheap dinner too. Like we don't, we go to this little family restaurant. Not everybody wants to go with us anyway, because we don't have drinks. They don't have that stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's just so a family restaurant. And uh, so we're like, well, hey, what if we take this Friday conversation and we just put it into the form of a podcast and it and it maybe it'll offer some people some encouragement, some motivation, some uh, some some kind of wisdom. I, I don't know, some some tips and some benefits to get them, you know, whether they're on the couch to go to a mile or they're at a mile and then go to a 5K or a 5K to a 10 or or whatever. Uh, but just help people get over the hurdle of either doing something or going to the next step. Because we have been through a lot, but we're still learning along, you know, continually learning along the way. So uh, I had already kind of had all the gear from a prior uh, business that I had. I, I had purchased all the, the podcast equipment. I'm like, well, I want to put this to work. And I, we enjoy talking about running. So let's let's try this. Give this a try. Yeah. So Mitch was on board and we started doing it. Awesome. That is great. I love that. Um, what have you learned from doing the podcast? Huh. What have we learned? To stop saying I'm all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did we did learn really quickly early on that we definitely have speech, I don't know what you call them, the fillers. Mm-hmm. That and and I listened to another podcast or a guy that, that had said, one of the things you'll find out is you will hear fillers in other either discussions or podcasts sure. or whatever. You'll, you'll hear people's fillers a lot. And so we learned, all right, hey, I would text Mitch and go, hey, I'm saying this, you're saying this. We need to watch out for that. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, I think we've learned that we really enjoy a lot talking to the our friends who are not the elites and nothing against the elites like i want to make that clear we mitch and i really love watching the elites and following them and Mm -hmm. seeing how they're doing but we really enjoy talking to the people that are just like us getting out there and running what's your experience how's it been oh you didn't get in the training runs that you wanted to get in because you have a life you have a real life that's not structured just around running Mm -hmm. or whatever, but it's around like your family and, oh, you throw in this too. So I think it's, it's that that's, that's probably a big one. We, we did learn not to script. Like we were starting to take notes and trying to script things up. And then you end up, it's like, I don't know, like this is natural. Like it should be a natural conversation. Um, If we don't touch it, if we don't hit like something that we wanted to talk about, oh, well, you know, it'll come out at some point. That's true. We've had a lot of kitchen discussions that were really good. We wish we would have recorded yeah, because yeah. they were really natural. And, and uh, if we would have somebody on, we're like, man, we really should have been downstairs recording this. <laughs> yeah. But, you guys are very, you, you guys are really natural when you talk to each other. Uh, you can tell it's definitely not scripted. I know when I started mine, I had done the first couple shows were scripted. And, and then I realized that I shouldn't really be doing this. And then I did, did it. I have notes that I follow, but I, it's not scripted. Yep. Yeah, that's the same. It just gets a little clunky and a little awkward to try mm-hmm. to specifically get into something. So we we've learned along the way too, because we did have a guest that we all know, but 
that would get off on tangents. So we try to say, Hey, like we, we want to talk about something once, like we're not doing, um, how would you put it? We're not doing a lecture. We're not trying to teach somebody something like, Hey, coming back to a point and say, Hey, what did you learn? We already talked about it. Somebody doesn't want to listen to that. So it's, right. it's try to hit one subject right. once and not come back to it. Right. Yeah. We learned that we, we have to main, maintain control of what's going on because oftentimes like not often, but times where the tangent thing, you love a storyteller, right? Like you want somebody on the podcast that's going to talk. You don't want somebody on necessarily that's just going to sit there and say, yes, no. But you also have to remember that if they're a real talker, goer, storyteller, you have to kind of like help rein them in and guide them and steer them because it can get very long and drawn out. So this is true. So we mentioned before we got on the show that, that, well, you guys interviewed a very good friend of mine, Tony, when, and yes. yeah, yeah, I've known love Tony him. for for a long time. And so the show, I love that you have that in two parts that he's been on your show, part one and part two, and he's been on my show a couple of times and I hate to break it to him, but his dog is marrying a cat. All right. <laughs> love is happened. love. Well, it's already happened. Yeah. Love it's is love, happened. Tony. Oh my goodness. Can't stop love. That's right. <laughs> Even between put, a cat and a dog. <laughs> exactly. Have to put that in there. All right. So, you know, at, winter is coming. And as a Californian, I know you laugh at us and what we think is cold weather. And we, in us Northern Californians laugh at Southern Californians when they say, oh, 60 degrees, it's so cold. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, no matter what the weather is like when it gets colder, how can runners prepare for colder weather? Well, I was just going to say, what do you, what do you get? What is, what is the Bay area? You have a lot, you, you get a little chilly and kind of nasty. It can, it can be it. it. And the thing is, is that in San Francisco, our weather varies depending on where you are. It can vary 10, 20 degrees, depending on what city you're in. In San Francisco, gotcha. our weather is different than out in Concord, which is 30 miles away. It's really different because we're surrounded by water in San Francisco by three sides. So it's very damp here. So yep. I, I do, I do a timed race every year on New Year's Eve and it's out in the Presidio, which is right next to the Golden Gate Bridge. It's beautiful cold as you know what but it's it's beautiful because you've got the golden gate bridge you've got the the bay is right there but it's freezing and very damp so it's going to feel colder than it is it might be maybe 40 degrees but it's going to feel colder and you've got that wind ripping through you and it's going to feel i know you're laughing ha 40 but (laughs) but, you know but the thing of it is it's the wind is blowing and you're going to feel a lot colder than that that's the thing about 40 that's really tough because it's this in between where if it's wet, it's nasty and it mm-hmm. really sucks yeah, yeah. compared to, let's say 30, it's, it's all frozen. Like, you know how to dress for that. It's, it's easier to dress for 30, I would say, than it is to dress for 40. So this morning, I think the, I think it was like 38. When 38. So oh, that's gosh. still, that's still shorts weather. Yeah. Oh I my would. God. <laughs> so shorts but long top i wore so, capris but i wore tights yeah and i i was on the edge on that i wore um 
a compression, really thin compression shirt with a long sleeve over top of it. And that's all I wore. And then I wear a thin pair of gloves. I covered my ears. I'm a sissy when it comes to when my ears get cold, it's done. And my wife's out there and she wears nothing. I don't know how she does it. No gloves and no hat. Like wow. all the t- like that's how she goes. My even, hands get cold. Even when it's in the teens, she won't put a hat on. And I'm like, Are really? You kidding me? Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, I think for yeah. for us, for Michiganders, it's uh, well, anybody in the north, you know, the Midwest, you know, it's it's we have two different approaches to the cold and or coming out of the cold. Number one is going in for today. I wore Capri tights. Now, if it was 38 in March, I probably would have wore shorts and, and no shirt. the thing is going into winter you're 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 going to be a little bit more cautious when it gets when the temperature starts dropping put a little bit more on and then once it hits winter winter you're you know how to dress now you might dress a layer heavy or a layer light but but you you make it through 20 degrees teens 20 degrees it's it's a compression and a jacket typically tights Gloves, thicker gloves. When it gets down to zero, it, it's it's a That's little bit. That's when it warm. gets tough. You might have to. I take put a compression a, shirt, and I might put a, a shirt in between the jacket. You know, the the compression and the jacket. It just depends. But then I'll cover up more skin because if it's below zero, any skin uh, exposed is going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. We've we've made pit stops next to uh, fires. Uh, they're they're put out like where we run they'll have these like barrels and it's for like a market that's going on, but we've made stops next to the barrel. Like warm up our hands. <laughs> oh take the gloves off, warm up the hands. All right, let's go do another well, we did talk about that. Like we have this place in Holland. That's what? 10 miles away from here, probably about uh, that. Yeah. downtown. And they actually have snow melt. So the sidewalks, there's um, liquid that runs under the sidewalks. that melts the, the sidewalk, any ice or any snow. Wow. Yeah. So we'll, if it's really nasty and it's snowed a lot, we'll go down there and we'll do our long run. We'll do, it's like three or four miles, three miles. I think it's like loop. four. I think it's you like can four. get it four if you do that little out and back, I think. So oh, every, every runner shows up there then? Not uh, every A lot do in the Holland area. It gets pretty busy on a Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> At what temperature do you say you're not going to run outside and, and run inside the treadmill? Haven't hit that yet. No, no, okay. Okay. Not in not in not in Michigan. I bet in Minnesota they do. Yeah. When it gets in the negative like ten, oh. negative twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know. But I I will go inside. I will jump on the treadmill partly out of talk about laziness. I don't want to have to worry about uh putting on the right layers, making sure I have a headlamp because the days are really short. Yep. in order to get my run in. So I'll I'll submit and I'll jump on the treadmill and I'm fine with that. I can get my training in in the winter. During the week, I'll jump on the treadmill and then I'll join Mitch on a Saturday morning to get the run in. And then after church on Sunday, it's, you know, midday and I can, I can jump out on maybe something that's paved and plowed or whatever but you you definitely changed your route because the route that we ran today we would not be running mm. you do adjust your route you go yeah. where you can 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to adjust everything then for wherever you are, you know, with the, with the shorter days when it's dark. I mean, I, I adjust because it's not, I mean, after dark, I live in the city and it's just not safe to run after dark. So I go on the treadmill and I don't like that. That's true. Got to do what you got to do, you know? Yeah, that's true. We'll be careful in the dark. We won't run roads that have less of a shoulder. We'll be really careful that way. Yeah. Um, We've made that, we've made that, uh, that distinction between men and women, even like Mitch and I will go out and run and we know we don't give a thought. We don't give a thought to where we're running. Whereas women have to really pay attention to like, I'm by myself. My wife, she doesn't generally leave the neighborhood because she did have an incident where she was threatened. Mm. Uh, We found out after the fact that it was a potentially very dangerous situation, but Mm. uh, yeah, she, so she's, she's reluctant reluctant to leave the subdivision yeah. unless i go with her so there's a there's a difference there and you do have to be, yeah. pay attention to that yeah you do all right well gosh i have one last question for for each one of you um that i always ask all my running guests so for both of you and uh if you could do any race anywhere regardless of qualification cost travel what what race would each of you want to do Hmm. Well, you uh, want to do Western States again. I do want to do Western States again, but I've done it. So if yeah. this was a... Your dream race. What would you like well, to do? I don't even know if it would be a dream race. Or, Just if it, if I didn't have to pay attention to anything, any of the logistics, the, the costs and all of that, mm-hmm. man, I think I think it would be fun to do UTMB. Mm, there, yeah. Like, I think that fun. would be fun to do. I don't know if that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, our kind Maybe. of fun involving pain yeah. and pain and suffering. Yes. Just that, from an fun. ease, like being able to say, yep, if I, I get a ticket to do mm-hmm. what I want mm-hmm. and no, no issues. Like, I think that would be one that I might say, you know what, that yeah. I'm going to train for that. I'm going to do that. Oh, hurt. Oh, hurt would be one too. That's hurt. true too. Is that yours, Mitch? No. What, what, what would yours be? You know, I haven't been even in the mindset to think about training for an ultra. Just but that what, is a great question. Yeah. yeah. What, what's I mean, your race about... then? Well, well, it's what what what's your dream race? What would you like to do if you could do any race anywhere and just get in? If they gave you a golden ticket yeah. to whatever race, what what um, race would it be? For me, I'm trying to run 50 states still, so I got okay. 15 states left. Alaska and yeah. Hawaii. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, something I, and I'll probably do it at some point, but I really do like the marathon distance. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. it sounds dumb to say this, but I think anybody can run a marathon. Mm -hmm. It just depends on what effort you want to put into it too. But I, I still like, it would be soon Alaska or Hawaii, I think. Doesn't hurt have shorter distances. I don't think they got just the hundred. Well, they got the Hawaii Marathon, the Honolulu Marathon, and the Maui yeah. Marathon. And there's one and, in Maui I was kind of looking yeah. at because I've mentioned this a few times too. It's it's our 30th wedding anniversary. Next oh, nice! Year. There you go. Oh, or you could right. do the you could do the Mount Marathon in in Alaska. That that's that's a very short race, but it's a brutal race. It looks fun. <laughs> the one where you go to the top of the that mountain and then you go. Oh, down. Oh, yeah, down. but that's mountain. not that's not a marathon. That's, well, no, uh, well, no, but it's a race. It's, it's like, and it's on Mount Marathon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, it's like a 
5k yeah it's what, like what a 5k is, but it's, it's like, like 5k yeah but it's like straight, straight up and straight ridiculous. down i love seeing that I know, i'm so glad fun. i'm so glad they they video that and show it it is it's insane it looks they're, fun they're, to watch from home <laughs> i think it would be fun but the, watching the elites run down oh. that hill yeah man yeah it's crazy for for me it's any place like i it's hard to say one but i love i don't like these pop-up events like i'm not a big fan of like the the series where they do five races and oh yeah yeah silly loops that you're doing you know not that i won't do a loop course because that can be fun too but not just to get numbers not just to to get a state like i like it to be for me it's got to be an event like there's got to be a lot of people out there um yeah so like these bigger races so you know that's a good point. Like we talked about that this morning, Tokyo, getting into Tokyo. I like I, I think that would be something that would that, be that would be fun. That would be amazing to get into Tokyo. A yeah. Tokyo what, or Berlin. Berlin. One of those. Mm-hmm. Or London. London would be or so London. fun. Yep. I think London would be just so spe- I'm not really into doing road marathons anymore. But if I did a road marathon, it would be either New York or London. I mean, I could mm-hmm. think of anything anything more yeah, fun. New York might be one because that's a tough one to get into time-wise. Guaranteed. But the crowd, but, see, I, but I hate crowds. So why would I be, oh, be stuck in the crowd? Know, I'm the, it's man, hours I'm of crowd. Before I'm the same way, but in a race for some, for some reason, when a, when it's a big race like that, it doesn't bother me. Oh, but that's I, cool. I, I hate going there to park. If I didn't have to deal with that stuff and I could just run. Well, you don't would, park at New York, you get bust and then you really yeah, all kinds a lot of, of you a lot, a lot of, of waiting things. around for hours. Yeah. Well, I've done Boston a few times and I will say having the crowd literally from start to yeah. finish yeah. is amazing. It's fun. That is, that it. is the thing about road road. I, I, and one road marathon that I love is the California international marathon sim. Oh, that yeah. is a really fun one. It's, it's, it's gradual downhill from, from Folsom to the state capital and, and you're going through farm country, but it's lined people the whole way. Is it? Yeah, ah. it's it's a lot of fun. It's a it's in December, so it's a little cold. It is like around thirty when you start degrees, but it's it's nice. It's really it's a good one. It's a fun it's a one. Super popular race. Yeah, it's a yeah, very fun. There's one. A, um, what's the other one that um, that's in California that's popular too? That's hard to get into. Um, I don't I think know. Sim is hard to get into. It's pretty easy to get yeah, into. It's oh, the other it? one. The other one. Yeah. Um, one I of don't the, there's the LA ones or there's yeah. LA and San Francisco. San Francisco is hard because it goes up over a lot of hills. That's really hard. And now That's being awesome. being a trail runner, I like walking up hills. I don't like running up them. So I have no idea. Like, nah, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to do that one anymore. I've done that one. All <laughs> That's right. That's the great thing about ultra running. <laughs> I know. You get to I know walk you get to walk. Exactly. All right. Know. Well, thank you guys very, very much. I really appreciate you being on the show. It's been so much fun. Uh, yeah, thanks and, for having us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I definitely wanted to have you on again later on. And we'll talk about, we'll have other subjects and, and talk about it again. All right. And sure. best of luck. And everyone, you guys, you folks really need to to listen to their show. It's great. It's the I Don't Know Running podcast with Mitch and Lewis. And thank you guys very much and have a great rest of your day and great runs. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. That was Lewis Hayden and Mitch Brower from the I Don't Know Running podcast. And you need to listen. I will have links for that, for their podcast 
on the website, martharunstheworld.com. And I'm also going to include a link for the Ride to Walk organization because we talked about that as well. I'll put a link for Thunder Ultras who who sponsor the race at the Ride to Walk too because that's a really cool race and you really should try it next year. I'm going to do it. I probably will do a shorter time. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I will do it again next year. Speaking of my running, I have made a decision this past weekend. I was out for my long run because I I did have a race coming up this December. But I've decided I'm not going to do it because on my long run this Saturday, after seven miles, my left hip really started to hurt. And I, I told myself, nope, I am not going to go through what I went through in Shasta. I'm not going to do that to myself. I don't have anything to prove. I've done 50Ks. I don't have to do this race. This is not a must race. You know, I could put myself through it. It's not going to hurt anything. I'm not going to put myself through that pain and torture it for nothing. So I just said, nope, nope, nope. I stopped my my run at about eight miles I went home and I just, I was very sad and I just kind of, you know, uh, you know, not disappointed, of course, but I know that I'm going to have better runs after my surgery next March. So I just, you know, I just, I'm going to stick to running six miles, 10 Ks or less until then, until I can't do that. But after six miles, I don't have any pain. So I'm going to do, be doing that until my surgery. It's not ideal. It doesn't really make me happy, but uh, there's not a whole lot I can do about that. So I'm just trying to be as optimistic as I can. have to live with that for a while, for a few months anyway, until, until I go under the knife and it gets better. And then I next year I'll start and just get some distances that I never have before because I really, really want to run long. I like going long, and I want to go longer than I ever have before. I really do. So I will do it, and you will be here with me. I know you will. All right, so that is it. And so I hope you have wonderful, wonderful runs this week. And the website is MarthaRunsTheWorld.com. And if you want to email me, it's MarthaRunsTheWorld at gmail.com. And until next week... Let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run.